Welcome to Five Strike Weekly. MLS has finalized their tournament in Orlando. And this week in the Soccer Trivia Showdown, can I level it versus Tanner? Find out next. Welcome to the show, Five Strike Fam. I'm AJ, and this is Tanner and Mark. And wherever it is you get your pods, subscribe, share, and leave us a good rating. This segment is sponsored by Thinking Man Tavern, a cozy Decatur neighborhood pub. Grab a tasty beverage from a wide variety of selections and a plate of something delicious from the menu. To go, check out Thinking Man Tavern. Follow our Twitch for new streams and surprises on Tuesdays and Thursdays starting at 9 p.m. on twitch.tv slash TV. So MLS is back, and that's also what they're calling the tournament. The MLS is back tournament on July 8th is when they will commence. And uh, yeah, as we previously have uh, talked about and reported on the show, uh, June 24th uh, would be uh, one of those days for most of the teams to uh, go down to Orlando for the training sessions uh, in the buildup to the start of the tournament. Uh, initially, it was going to be maybe around July 8th, but now it is July or July 11th rather, and but now it is July 8th that the uh, the date will be. Uh, now MLS also plans on having uh, these games count towards three of the games, at least anyway, in the group stage count towards the regular season, and then they hope to have a regular season after that, and plus the MLS Club playoffs and the 25th MLS Cup. Uh, now, in terms of uh, the just overwhelming numbers that I'll throw at you, it's 54 matches, it's the 26 teams, all 26 teams, uh, in six groups, and then there's one champion. Uh, it will, uh, yeah, three games per club in those uh, group stages. In those six groups, there will be three Eastern Conference groups, three Western Conference groups, and of course Nashville, if you haven't heard, will be moving over from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference, where they probably should have been in the beginning anyway. Uh, and they even said it themselves, they're like, yeah, this probably suits us better because we can actually play the you know teams that are in our area. But uh, yeah, so the top two finishers in each group will advance, uh, and then the four best in third place also will advance. So it's just like pretty much uh, only a few select will not advance anyway. Uh, knockout rounds, uh, and in terms of uh, the dates, it will be round 16, July 25th to 28th. Quarterfinals, July 30th, August 1st. Uh, semifinals, August 5th through 6th. And then the final will be on August 11th. And of course, there will be uh, health and safety protocols for COVID-19 because this is why it's happening in the first place. But uh, yeah, in terms of that, what do you guys think so far and with what the information and the barrage of information that I've given you guys? I mean, I think that it's kind of, I personally don't like, I understand why they have regular season points and Champions League tied to the, to the competition. I'm not necessarily thrilled about that. I prefer that teams focus on fitness because I'm worried about injury concerns with guys coming back and being forced to play important competitive matches. And, you know, again, you MLS is different from the other leagues that had to start and that they only played two matches before they suspended league play. And so I, I understand why they're doing it, but I just have slight concerns about player safety in terms of the number of injuries that could possibly occur during this, which could then further derail the rest of the regular season. If you have, you know, important players pulling up with, with, with injuries and muscular injuries that could keep them out a few months um, after this. But, you know, I think they're doing the best they can with what they have. And it's good to see Nashville in the East, like you said, where they should have been in the first place. I think outside of the name, the funniest thing though, is the fact that Orlando is going to be a top seeded team. So LOL. Of course. <laughs> and I think, I believe uh, rail salt Lake will also be one of them because they finished i believe third in the west so uh that's a new development as well uh now also in terms of uh yeah the um and we'll get to you mark on, on your thoughts but uh yeah the group stages and the draw it will happen tomorrow we're filming this on a wednesday uh so it will happen tomorrow afternoon uh we could be drawn in group c and group e and uh you know there is maybe a uh a thing where uh, if we are drawn in Group E, it's a little bit easier for us because we would have to, well, easier maybe relatively, uh, we would be able to get down there later. So we would be able to train more and uh, be able to go down there, uh, be theoretically more with uh, guns blazing and, uh, you know, maybe be able to make a 
deep run into this tournament. But um, either way, the uh, yeah the draw will happen tomorrow. So very interesting stuff indeed. Yeah, what, what were your thoughts, Mark? No, I mean I'm glad they uh, worked something out. You know, obviously, like I'm glad the players are on board. Um, Don Garber really seems like uh, he's done several press things and you know kind of laid out uh, protocol and all that regarding COVID. So. Uh, I'm glad they have all that worked out. As for me personally, I mean, like, I, I'm i glad I have something to look forward to, like, especially with all the other soccer coming back, like, add this to the calendar, right? Um, right now, though, I am, you know, a little meh on it, you know what I mean? Like, it, at the end of the day, I think uh, this is, and other soccer leagues are uh, heavily compromised uh, in terms of the competition. You know, I still, I think the circumstances will favor the stronger teams. I do expect Atlanta United to advance no matter, you know, who's in our group just because I can't like, you know, it's one of two teams who uh, one of out of the group who will go possibly three. You know, I just don't see how we're not one of those teams, especially given uh, the talent distribution, the rest of MLS. And we know who the one seeds are. Right. So um, it will be interesting to see what comes of it. Uh, but yeah, you know, overall, I think uh, I'm satisfied, you know, and mm -hmm. just I, I will be looking forward to it. Definitely. Yeah, and uh, a couple of additional things that haven't added yet was that uh, the winner of this gets a Champions League berth like we reported last week and also that there was a 1.1 million cash prize pool uh, and that uh, I think in terms of how it might be distributed, it would be you know to the players and the staff and, and whatnot, uh, but how it would completely be distributed is, a, uh, I think, a development that we'll uh, find out later. But, uh, like, is it you know only the winner gets 1.1 million or is it throughout the tournament and whatnot we shall see uh for the fans uh obviously they will not be able to go and also uh though you know you will be able to watch it on uh the partners uh in television that we have for mls so espn fox sports univision uh so at the very least yeah we get to watch this at home in kind of the safe confines uh if you will and so uh yeah i mean in to one of your points, uh, yeah, Tanner, it was mentioning about the fatigue. I think also uh, we mentioned this in a previous episode that, yeah, us having five subs will also, I think, help it a little bit more. And especially if someone just pulls up just even slightly a little tight, we can you know bring in someone really quickly and not really fear a whole lot of retribution. Uh, so you know that that is, I think, a little bit better. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel you. It's uh, you know. It still feels a little extraneous at the moment because, yeah, you know, Champions League, historically, MLS teams haven't really fared that well in it. So, yeah, you get a berth, and what if someone lucks into really just playing really, really well, and then they get in the Champions League, and then they absolutely get embarrassed? Well, you know, that could be a scenario that actually happens because, I mean, it's a small kind of tournament. It's a World Cup type of tournament. The You know, not every team that is the out-and-out out, out best team in the tournament always wins so you know even though uh you know there are some odds already some initial odds from betonline.ag and uh it has atlanta united at 15 to 4 odds 15 to, to 2 odds and lafc is top with 15 to 4 odds uh i wonder though if that actually takes into account Carlos Vela, you know, not really being uh, probably part of the tournament because his wife is pregnant, and then us not having Joseph Martinez. That those are two, really, I think one and one a best players in the league already taken off the board. Uh, but you know, you still have the likes of Seattle Sounders with 15 and two uh, tied with us at second. Uh, you have Orlando City, notably, all the way down there, uh, somewhere around. Uh, the 23rd or 24th uh, is kind of tied, so uh, at 50 to 1. And Nashville SC unfortunately draws the uh, the wooden spoon in at least these odds. Uh, interesting, interesting, right, guys? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I think with the odds, for some reason, my guy, I don't think any is going to win this tournament. If I'm being perfectly honest, I think especially without Joseph, and I think uh, Carlos Vela less LAFC are going to be in a similar situation. So I think the winner of this tournament will be possibly not necessarily one of the lower seeded teams, but you know, one of those after us potentially that you know could just pop up and win it between that you know maybe like that two that three and that 10 or so team of odds that wins it i just don't see us or lafc winning if our players aren't there 
Yeah. I uh, I just love that the machine that is sports gambling just picks right up where it left off. It's like, all right, game's back, odds, let's go. You know, I don't know what the context. I agree with you, H. I don't know what the context is for these odds. You know, uh, especially with not really having uh, recent form to take into account. But uh, I mean, I guess you just look at the rosters. I think it's, yeah, it's pretty easy to say that the best teams are Atlanta, LA, Seattle, Toronto, probably. You know, so. Yeah, I, I have a feeling, yeah, maybe uh, I think one of the stronger Eastern teams can probably pull this one out. Um, although, yeah, it may be one of those teams that are accustomed to that weather. Uh, also, because, yeah, Brad Guzan mentioned uh, in the interviews today, according to Joe Patrick, that, yeah, no one has taken into account that it's always also going to be hurricane season down there. So, uh, yeah. Imagine if yeah. it's an active god is just like, you're not having this tournament. It's stupid. <laughs> Bam! <laughs> you know, and so it, you probably can't put it past 2020 right now that right. something like this could happen. That'd be so on brand. Exactly. July is just like, and hurricanes. It is the month of hurricanes. It's just like, and no games for you. Right, exactly. So, you know, it's one of those, uh, we'll still, you know, I think take each kind of uh, news thing with a grain of salt almost because uh, you never know what could happen in 2020. But uh, moving on from that, uh, Jeff Lorenowitz talked about uh, and really torched MLS Commissioner Don Garber. Uh, we have similar similarly. views, Jeff and I. Yeah, similarly to Tanner here. Uh, regarding the negotiations between the MLSPA and MLS, he said, quote, uh, when there was a potential lockout, I was disgusted. I thought it was a bullying tactic really didn't sit well with me. I'm not one to hold grudges, but it's going to take me a bit of time to get past this. And uh, yeah, I mean, obviously since then, they've uh, ratified the CBA and yes, they've uh, agreed to this return to play tournament in MLS's back. So uh, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, with good reason, I think he uh, felt very slighted. I think the MLSPA, like the whole lot of them felt pretty slighted, but uh, yeah, do you think there are going to be kind of, you know, good vibes after this or just, you know, is it going to be just time healing all and uh, they just have to, you know, kind of bite their tongue and, you know, in the meantime? Well, they're not. I mean, from what I've seen, remember, these players have social media and a couple of them have kind of, uh, I guess you could say, endorsed that in that. Yeah, I think the league did do some long term damage in terms of trust with the players. Uh, and rightly so. I mean, like, I just, uh, yeah, I just thought that that was not the time for that sort of threat. You know, it's just really not reading the room, reading the situation, especially when you're talking about players who are not even in the, the uh, 100,000 salary threshold. So it just, um, I don't blame them. Yeah. yeah, and then and there's, there's also, also, I mean, I mean uh, yeah. yeah, like, like Jeff, Jeff Lerowitz also is a little bit older, so, you know, he might be kind of, you know, in that territory where he might retire in the next year or two, so he probably doesn't fear any retribution from, you know, uh, from the commissioner for saying any of this stuff, so I think that context is uh, where he, yeah, just went balls out and just uh, said what he felt and didn't really worry about it. But um, yeah, Tanner, we kind of know what you your thoughts already were. But if you want to reiterate something, totally. totally well, go for I it. mean, I just <laughs> I really I was glad when you know Lorenz came out and said those things because it's you know it a it's like okay cool the players and you know my views kind of align in terms of how they view the league and some of the league's decision making and you know what I think is really greedy decision making on the league's part. Um, from owners that definitely do have the money, I understand you're trying to grow the game, and in terms of profitability, the league is not yet there. But also, you know, if you want the league to get there, you have to have, if you want more money, you have to have a high quality product. If you want to have a high quality product, there has to be a trust relationship between the players union and the league. And there has to be growth there to where more money is going to the players. If the players' wages are higher, then you're going to have a better product. That's what, if you read the book Soccernomics, it's not how much you spend on transfer fees, it's what you spend on wages. Teams that spend more on wages are better. They win more. MLS does not spend enough on wages, in my opinion, and they have an incredibly convoluted salary structure that the owners and Don Garber continue to perpetrate, while at the same time accepting expansion fees over $300 million if you just want to skip the queue and get to the front of the line. And that doesn't sit well with me, because if you're having these owners and these ownership groups paying all this money to get into the league, and then you're like, but your salary cap is minuscule, and to even navigate that, you basically have to have, like, 
an incredibly complicated detailed map and Sudoku and crossword puzzle at the same time and figure out how the hell all this fits together. And then when, you know, you actually do get a league that's been improving, which it has been over the past few years, especially with the addition of teams like Atlanta United, like LAFC, you have Miami coming in the season. You know they're going to be spending. How does it look when you're trying to attract players? Because players like Antoine Griezmann really like MLS, and there's a potential for them to come over not necessarily long after they've peaked, as some other players have. How are you going to be able to attract those players if the potential of them not getting their wage demands met, not having good structure around them, and the potential for them to get locked out? That's not going to happen. It's not going to help your league. You're not going to make more money off of that. So I have issues with the direction the league is going and its leadership, and I agree with him. I thought it was a bullying tactic to threaten to, to, to lock the players out. I thought it was pathetic on their part, especially, like Mark said, reading the room at this point in time. So, yeah, I've, I've definitely lost quite a bit of respect for MLS with the way they've handled a lot of things recently um, and I think they'd have to do some stuff in order to get some goodwill back not only from the players but I think from the fans as well yeah fair enough fair enough uh, I have some more thoughts on that but well, I, I don't think we should dwell too much longer on this since uh, they have returned but uh, anyway so moving on from that Joseph Martinez uh, yes he was seen putting some weight on his right knee his restructured ACL and uh, he was doing some leg presses, I believe. Uh, I, I don't work out, I guess, enough to know exactly what that's called. <laughs> I think that is a leg but press, yeah. I, th- I believe it, I'm correct. But uh, <laughs> but anyway, so uh, yeah, it's, it's great to see. A lot of people pointed out, though, that uh, it seemed like there was some leg atrophy. Uh, I kind of doubt that it was that much as they're pointing out. I think it's maybe the angle a little bit. I mean, if you look in the mirror at your own leg, sometimes you can kind of see that, yeah, you know, maybe uh, some of the, the angles, it may not be as like, you know, uh, if you if you have legs that you think are you're proud of, um, yeah, may not be as big as, uh, you know, from other angles. So I think, you know, yeah, it might be a little bit of both. But uh, what, what do you guys think after seeing that video of him doing the leg presses? I'm just happy to see it, honestly. I did notice that, yeah, his uh, thigh was quite small. Quite smaller than the other one, really. That's, I think that's why it was so jarring, his neck, uh, side by side. But, uh, I mean, it's to be expected. So, I am happy to see him, yeah, doing the exercises again. Yeah, I mean, not much to say. The fact that it looks like he's recovering pretty quickly. And, you know, I know your stance, AJ, you don't want him playing at all this year. And, honestly, I'm starting to side more with that theory just because I'm not really valuing the season at all anymore with how the league is trying to finish it and some of the things they're doing and so it's just like at this point rehab come back safe come back next season and just get back to scoring 30 goals a year and i'll be happy right yeah indeed indeed uh but and also he went back to blonde which uh, i think is the kind of customary look that most of us are used to i mean you see the older photos when he has uh kind of Almost, almost emo, emo hair sometimes, sometimes uh, uh, where, where it's, it's across his face, face one up, but it's, it's black, and it's like, who is that guy? But uh, now it's the it's the Joseph that we all know and love. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's just one of those things when he doesn't have it. It's just it's a little bit you know, something's something's off, right? But uh, the silver anyway. look, I didn't really, I didn't like the look when he went silver. That wasn't really my favorite. I love when he dyes his hair any color. I don't, I don't really care. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, I don't really mind when he doesn't have the, the hair dye. It's just, it's a little bit like, uh, who are you? Better than Barco. <laughs> Barco, yeah, when he had the, the hair dyed, it was, uh, yeah, I mean, probably not the best look. But uh, anyway, so moving on from that, Anton Walks, uh, he talked about coming to MLS and that he recommends any of his uh, English buddies to also, you know, come down to MLS instead of dropping down in the leagues in England. Uh, He spoke about a flurry of other things as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's a really interesting uh, kind of, uh, you know, argument that he makes is instead of dropping down to the championship or League One, League Two, uh, or even lower if, uh, if that's where they go. Uh, you know, you get to go to a, you know, what's considered the top league in uh, another country and uh, play in front of a lot of fans versus maybe, you know, only tens of thousands or, you know, like uh, in the teens rather, you know, like 10,000 fans or less. Uh, and then plus, yeah, you get treated a little bit 
you know, more like royalty than uh, maybe some of the you know championship and league uh, league one sides. And so, uh, you know, I think well, you know, we're obviously a different situation. You know, if they unfortunately maybe went to a Chicago, it would be a different situation. That's they would not be. It would be like, well, I feel right at home. You know, but, yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, I, think that's, I think that's a really good point, though, that he makes because I think championship is a bit different because a championship is a really high quality league, high standard. Yeah. A lot of the pay there is higher than MLS, I think, um, for a lot of players that are in that. And especially the clubs that have spent time in the Premier League in the last decade since the, the TV money has really been coming in. Their facilities are, are pretty good. But like you said, AJ, I mean, when you ha- there are certain teams in MLS that, you know, Atlanta, LAFC, Miami, when they finish their, their, their stuff, they have really high quality facilities, really high quality stadiums. And it's like that comparative, you're comparing those to some of the top facilities in the world, really, in terms of how good they are. And you're not going to find that in League One, definitely not League Two. So I get his point. And I mean, you know, the pay is going to be comparable in some situations. So it's like, why would you not want to live in a country where, like you said, A, you do have a bit of anonymity at times, but also when people do recognize you, you are treated like royalty and the facilities are out are incredible. Like. You know, that's, that's a good point. And I'm like, I'm glad he said that. And, you know, hopefully some more quality players can, can start heading over here and, and playing in MLS. And plus, you can speak the same language as well. Sorry to cut you off, Mark. But go ahead. No, 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 you're fine. Yeah, that and I mean, like it, uh, what I find interesting is that it seems that he's suggesting that the competition is at least comparable, you know, below the Premier League, which uh, I mean, I think that's a solid level for MLS to be that, like, you know, if they can compete side by side with championship teams, at least for yeah. players, you know, I mean, that's a good start because. Yes, I mean, some of those championship teams are big teams, so. Oh, and hold on. Let me slide in a nice little segue plug. If you want to see how Atlanta United would do in the championship, (laughs) check out the Twitch streams on Tuesdays and Thursdays because we're experimenting, and we've moved Atlanta United over to the championship, and we're having a go with it right now. So, boom, slide that on in with the segue. (laughs) We're going to talk about it later, but, you know, might as well bring it up here. The timing (laughs) was too good. Very, very true. (laughs) Um, yeah, and I had another point. I can't remember it right now, but uh, yeah, it's something about. Um, yep, no, can't remember it. Oh well, moving on. Uh, but anyway, so moving on from that, the 2021 Atlanta United season tickets have been frozen at 2020 prices. Uh, that's per an email given out by the team, uh, and so the season ticket holders, yeah, they won't be having to pay more uh, next season at the very least. Well, obviously because of the pandemic, but also uh, what's interesting here is that, um, yeah, in terms of, uh, you know, the the games that we do or don't play, yes, we would maybe get some credit for the next season. Uh, and yeah, right now we only only played one and, uh, you know, there will be some more regular season games, apparently anyway, and if there are. Um, yeah, I mean, that can at least, we can get something back in our bank accounts or at least move towards the next season if you so choose. Uh, and also, uh, if you haven't, if you bought tickets to the ill-fated, uh, Kennesaw Champions League match, you can also get the return on that, uh, as well if you just call their box office. So, uh, just a little, slide a little note in there that, yeah, if you're hurting for a little bit of money, you can do that. So... Anyway, uh, I, I believe you guys both didn't really buy tickets, so you get, it doesn't really affect you guys, right? <laughs> I had tickets to that game. I yeah. had tickets to that game. It was yeah. my birthday, so I was going to get lit, but instead I got laid off from my job and the game got canceled. So, uh, Yeah, was... I was supposed to go to San Francisco and then a pandemic happened. Yep, yep. It was, uh, it was, it was all a, uh, where were you when, yeah, type of thing. But to be fair, like, after the first leg, I wasn't really giving a shit anyway, so... <laughs> There might be some epic comeback. You never know, but uh, yeah, we'll, we're gonna wait and see on this. Uh, this the Remontada. Will we have our La Remontada against uh, against uh, Club America? Because that'd be hilarious. Yeah. I mean, do a I, would, I would wish it to happen. I would wish it to happen. But anyway, so uh, moving on from that, MLS has allowed players to peacefully protest during the national anthem now. Uh, I mean, yeah, they won't be having the national anthem at the MLS's back tournament, but uh, yeah, theoretically, when we go back into the regular season, they could do that. Although, hopefully, there's you know enough stuff happening in the reform and other things department that uh, you know it would be interesting to see if people are still going to you know bend the knee. But either way, 
it'll be great that they can. Um, but also, as well, the USSF uh, also backtracked on their uh, their rule allowing players to peacefully protest. They, they as well. finally, okay, good. The USSF can shove it. Yeah. Genuinely, I do not care about the. The only I like the women's national team. They're great. They put out a great statement. But aside from that, don't care. U.S. men's team and the USSF can go to hell. As far as I'm concerned, I can't stand that organization. And the, the USSF had to be pressured into it. They were, you know, pretty late on it as well. And so I, I didn't even actually hear that news. But I mean, I'm glad they did. But they kind of had to, to be honest. Right, exactly. I mean, if MLS did, then there's like, you know, kind of ongoing pressure towards the, right. uh, you know, other, uh, you know, other things soccer-wise in the States. But uh, yeah, I remember my, my, my point from earlier in speaking of national teams. Uh, there was a, uh, a report out that the English players, uh, in terms of that kind of hotbed of players, is actually even greater, uh, where it's like kind of maybe one of the best in the world. And so in that respect, if there are a lot of English kids that want to come to the United States and play, that's great. I mean, we'll take a whole bunch of talented players that, uh, yeah, maybe can't exactly cut it in the Premier League, but, you know, maybe could could have played in the championship, but could play to even more eyes over here. Right. We'll take it. We'll take yeah. it. But yeah. anyway, moving on from that, The Athletic had an article where they spoke with 10 MLS players talking about the racial injustice and everything that's going on uh, right now in terms of the protests and whatnot. Um, yeah, you may have seen a couple of that stuff in terms of Miles Robinson and what he spoke about. I'm going to read a few of these quotes and uh, and we'll talk about it. But Miles Robinson said that every person in America has to understand that the backbone of this country was run off slaves. Free labor for this country for 400 years. This country wouldn't be what it is today. This is 400 years worth of oppression, of slavery. And then you have to look back in the history books. What are these amendments? What are they really saying? And then you look at the system in place. What, uh, why, are there, uh, why are there way more African-American people in jail? Is it because they can work for free? And it's like a new form of slavery. We've been systematically held down since we came to America. Now, uh, Mo Adams had some uh, words as well. He said, I've never experienced something where there's such unity and a commitment to making a change. You see all these athletes, but it's not just them. There are a lot of people from different cultures, different backgrounds coming together and fighting for this together. And I think that's what we need. We don't just need black people trying to make their voices heard. We need all different generations and backgrounds. Former, uh, former Atlanta United player Julian Gressel, now of DC United, uh, kind of has been empathizing as well, which is good to see. He says, today I went for a run and for the first time I thought, what would this be like if I was a black person running past a policeman? What would the emotions, uh, what kind of emotions would I be going through? Those are all different ideas that are popping into my head right now. Things that are just different than I've known, obviously. And also uh, separately, George Bello uh, wrote in, or uh, spoke to MLS Soccer, uh, said that there's just two sides of this. You're either against it or you're not. I heard what Philadelphia Union defender Mark McKenzie has said. You're either against racism or not. You're for the movement or you're not. There's no in-between. So that's where that's just where I stand on it. And hopefully this world and the U.S., we can just come together and fight this off. A lot going on there. But uh, you guys have any thoughts with all of that, Mark? Uh, I'm honestly impressed, I think, with, uh, with Miles and Bo, with George especially, um, because these are young men, you know, you have to remember that, uh, I think Mo is, what, 24? Um, and, uh, Miles is younger than that, and George is still a teenager, and so, you know, to, to, to really take on, uh, speak about this issue in public, you know, especially with social media, where you know some of the responses are gonna be, uh, disingenuous, less than ideal, let's say, um, but I think at the same time, it's important that uh, we all use our voices and our platforms, whatever they are, to speak up. Because I think, you know, especially for black people, you know, it's we encourage one another, you know, and um, it can be exhausting to constantly experience and then try to talk about racism, you know, and that's just like a daily struggle. And then, you know, you go through the thing about well, am I uh, making too big, too big a deal about this? You know, am I being that guy or whatever? But uh, 
I think uh, I myself have certainly felt more encouraged to speak out, uh, share information and whatnot. And I'm glad to see it from them, honestly. I'm proud of them, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see that you are as well. And yeah, you've become definitely more vocal, uh, not only on this podcast, but also, you know, across social media as well. And yeah, I mean, you know, we're, we're absolutely here for you, Mark, as well. Uh, Tanner, you have any thoughts? I mean, I, I, I just keep it simple for me. I'm, I'm right with everything as well. Um, we spoke about it last week. Mark and I have been out there before um, marching together. And I think there's a few other big protests that are or marches that are being planned. I think uh, June 19th or Juneteenth, for those yeah. who are unaware of that, I believe there's supposed to be a really large gathering that day. Um, I'm planning on going to that one personally. And I've also heard that there's going to be a massive march on Washington in August on the anniversary of Dr. King's I Have a Dream speech. Um, so I'm hoping to actually go to that as well if I can. But I think for me, um, especially speaking to other white people, you know, I feel blessed in that, you know, I've definitely been aware of my, I'm not trying to sound holier than thou, but I've definitely been aware of my privilege for longer because of the people I've grown up with and interacted with. And I've been aware of that. Subconsciously, a lot of the time though, you don't, think about it though and you like i i don't think about the fact you know until recently that it's just like if i get pulled over for speeding or for running a stop sign i'm mad at the cop because you i wasn't doing that and i can i can afford to be mad at the cop and have no fear of retribution from him because i'm white and i've never once in my or i got pulled over in college one time going you know because i was speeding trying because i was late for a math test and i was like man i'm sorry i'm running late for a math test and i have to get this test to finish my scholarship which was true but it's like, I was thinking about the test. I was thinking about my scholarship. I was thinking about the fact that this officer could shoot me for no reason right now, which is too often the case for, for, for your black people, people of color, African-Americans, you know, it's, it's a problem and that shouldn't be the case. And I think for me, I think my message to all people who are white, if you're scared about having a conversation with someone, black people and people of color in this country have to have courage every day they walk out of their door to do something because something could happen to them because of the color of their skin. If they have the courage to do that, then we should have the courage to be able to have these conversations and talk about our white privilege, the system that gave it to us. And we should be able to use that same privilege to destroy that system of white privilege because it should not exist. And we shouldn't be better than anyone else based upon the color of our skin. So that's how I feel about the whole thing. And I'm with everything as far as this movement goes. And it's making a lot of changes. I mean, today you saw NASCAR ban the Confederate flag and you have a guy in NASCAR driving a car that says Black Lives Matter. I mean, mm -hmm. in NASCAR, that's the most conservative sport when it comes to people with the fans and, and their values that they hold. And NASCAR is doing that. Clearly changes are starting to be made, but it'll take a lot more in terms of work, in terms of us getting out and voting and getting out, getting rid of people who are racist and spout hate and vitriol in public office and making sure people who want change to happen and want progressive policies that aren't racist it's our job to go out and vote them and put them in even if the lines are long and it's bullshit we fix that by going out and voting so yeah yeah i think uh, to bring it back to mls real quick uh, i listened to don garber's interview on the call up with uh Susanna and jillian uh which i love their podcast by the way i recommend it if uh, if you're watching this but um you know he talked about you know okay it's one thing it's great to put out statements and show support and then he talked about, you know, putting essentially putting your money where your mouth is. And he talked about um, needing to see more black coaches in MLS, uh, more black people in the front offices, uh, across the teams, in the league office itself. And uh, I thought that was big coming from the commissioner. It's essentially like calling out his own league and his own, you know, his himself a little bit and saying, you know, we all need to do a little bit better as that goes. And that speaks to uh, the systemic uh, differences between uh the experience of black people and white people and so yeah i, I just wanted to point that out as well because i did think that was big of him um and i would hope that he and others follow through on um having the workplace you know reflect i think the league itself because you know i always you see this like the nfl is really egregious with this the amount of black players you have and then like versus the coaches in front office and even the quarterback you know it's like why is it that leadership positions seem to be reserved more often than not for white people disproportionately so anyway and so i think that's something that uh, i would like to see mls address 
I think it's yeah. also important that these athletes are speaking out because referencing the NFL, you know, there was an executive that said, as soon as the NFL saw Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in a video talking about Black Lives Matter, they immediately changed their policies because they're like, these are the faces of the league. So people who say politics and sports don't mix, I call bullshit on that because these players have a platform and it's good to see them using it, using it for a good purpose and using it responsibly. And I think the, the most important thing for me is that I'm glad that Don Garber said those things. And I think, you know, I can't speak for people of color, African-Americans, black people, whatever you want to call it. You know, I, I don't want to be politically incorrect there. But I think the most important thing is that they're getting the jobs not because they're black or because their skin's a different color. It's because they're qualified. And too often than not, what happens is you have qualified candidates or you'll have an overqualified candidate but because of the color of their skin, they're not getting the opportunity. And that's the bullshit thing that has to stop because there are qualified candidates. There are qualified people who are highly talented at these jobs and they've been denied them based on the color of their skin. And that right. has to stop happening. Right. And it may be something too, where it's like, okay, uh, certain people are a little bit more of a known entity or like, you know, they might know this guy through a couple connections, but that often, you know, favors the, the group in power or whatever structure it can we're talking about in this case of course we're talking about white people in this particular structure so yeah i think it's all of that yeah yeah well said guys uh yeah i mean definitely it is just the start uh, of this so yeah definitely get involved uh be passionate about it this is just the beginning of this uh because it absolutely the whole thing top down needs to change but uh, moving on from that, in a slightly kind of related manner is uh, German Bundesliga club Eintracht Frankfurt. Uh, they tweeted out uh, a Black Lives Matter tweet, but also that, uh, you know, I think one of their kits, I don't know how permanently, but will have uh, from Indeed also with the hashtag Black Lives Matter as the sponsor. And so that's huge from them. That's a great uh, show of solidarity in Bundesliga, which, I mean, that's... Uh, They've been that... incredible. They've been yeah. incredible. That's the way a league should behave and be proactive mm -hmm. and empowering. And the NBA in, in the United States is really good about that as well. But as far as from a soccer league overseas, Bundesliga has been great. And I think this past weekend, you saw all the teams taking a knee at the center circle, referees in both teams before every game. And it's just like... Why has that been such a difficult thing for us to do here? Like, why? Mm -hmm. It's not. It's, it's not true. Hard. Yeah. And uh, I think, yeah, Taylor Twelman said on his uh, banter show that, um, or at least on ESPN, either way, uh, he was talking about how football or soccer is uh, the most racist sport in the world. Uh, and that's, yeah, these players and, uh, you know, these leagues have the power to do something about it. Uh, I thought that was really. I think really interesting and really poignant from Twelman because I mean it's uh, I think he, he brings some really interesting points there in terms of uh, yeah you know it's the biggest sport in the world and the fact that you know you have kind of not only you know Cristiano Ronaldo has what he's the most followed person on Instagram um, you know there really is a huge platform for players and you know teams to be able to enact change and so uh you know it's it's something that yeah it might have been uh systemically racist in the past and you know now is the time to to make has ronaldo said anything yeah. or put a statement out i don't know if i've seen that much i, I haven't been following uh yeah what he's been saying but uh i don't know but yeah. hopefully he has we don't know but uh either way so uh moving on from that talking about uh, some more world football at the very least uh, Lionel Messi he uh, ha has a possible return over uh, the weekend uh, he has been cleared to face Real Mallorca on Saturday and uh, that's great for Messi fans I'm sure uh, yeah I mean there's you know at least maybe a couple on this podcast that at least appreciate what he does Probably i haven't seen him yet yeah i haven't <laughs> seen him in person yet i've seen ronaldo but i haven't seen well i think i might have seen messi but it was in a preseason friendly so it scarcely mm -hmm. counts yeah but uh it's great to see yeah the best players in the world be spain able to has a title race that's the only well i guess italy yeah. a little bit as well but spain real madrid and barca are really going to be pushing each other the rest of the way so that's definitely if you want to see a league competing for your league title that's probably your best shout at this point yeah right. pretty much the only Very one right? true Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. except for yeah. Serie A. 
possibly, possibly. Anybody but, but Juventus. <laughs> but um, yeah, so and moving on from that, in a meeting with 71 English Football League clubs, it was decided that promotion and relegation between the divisions will be retained for the season. And so that's really interesting. Uh, even you know in the this pandemic that uh yeah this will still happen and uh yeah uh, of course you know uh in terms of english premier league it will restart next friday and the championship will also start on the 20th and so all that stuff is coming coming back soon and now all the implications are still alive uh you still even have fa cup and you still even have uh, yeah, just, you know, I think it, it almost brings about as uh, almost a sense of normalcy. Not quite, but almost. Right. I'm ready yeah, for I'm... the Premier League to be back. I'm ready to watch Man United play again. Like, <laughs> oh man, I'm excited about it. And yeah, I mean, there's, so, uh, get that there's shit some... out of here, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> there's some top five implications. I say top five because yeah, Man City still, still have, have that, that fingers possibility. crossed, right? Fingers oh, crossed, they get chucked out. Cheating yep. bastards, exactly. Yep. But, uh... Cheating, lying, shitty bastard. Although I did see today that Arsenal lost to Brentford in a friendly. That's not. We a... did, yeah, three to two. But you know, it's a friendly. I don't really care. Uh, you know, I think it's just a matter of getting fitness at this point. So Whatever. I think outside uh, of the, the title rates, the, there's a lot of really good, interesting stuff happening in the Premier League. There's about six or seven teams. We talked about it in the stream yesterday that could go down. And the race for European spots is really competitive as well. Yes. I mean, there's you got a lot of teams that even Arsenal aren't totally out of the picture yet, especially for, you know, Europa League at least. So right. it's, it's really competitive. Yeah, you got Sheffield, you got Wolves for the Europa League. I think Leicester is still holding a Champions League spot. Leicester's so. definitely taking a Champions League spot, I think. Right. I think, yeah. I think, well, I think Leicester will be fine. City hopefully get chucked out and then Liverpool win the Premier League by the end of the month, which is just tragic, but they didn't win the trouble. They didn't go unbeaten. So as far as I'm concerned, me and AJ are happy. Indeed. Uh, it, it would be really interesting. I don't know if mathematically Man City could drop out of the top four. But that would be really interesting then if... Uh, no, nah, I'd want them to finish in the top four just to have it yanked away because that'd just be hilarious. It'd just be like... It's like the season that um the season that Tottenham finished fourth and Chelsea oh, yeah. won the Champions League and Tottenham got kicked out of the Champions League even though they finished fourth because Chelsea got that finished fifth and won it, which was just yeah. hilarious. It's just so like, good. LOL, and it's Tottenham. So all three of us could enjoy that. <laughs> Yeah, in terms of, uh, yeah, all three of the people on this podcast, you love to see it. But anyway, sorry, sorry to the Spurs fans if you are one. But anyway, so that does it for the news for this week. Uh, a little bit of housekeeping, as always, was that Twitch stream stuff we were talking about earlier. And yes, we are playing Alien United in the championship. And uh, yeah, it will be very interesting to see how we fare. So far, pretty good two games. And we're pretty much, uh, it's wins only and uh, yeah, we've uh, really, I think, brought in, almost overhauled the entire team uh, slightly. I mean, there's like the core. There's the core. And uh, it's still, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is something uh, something of, uh, of a sight to behold for sure. And so, uh, yeah, join us 9 p.m. Tuesdays and Thursdays. We're all there. And so come and banter with us so anyway that does it for the news and gets us to this week's soccer trivia showdown and mark take it away yeah all right so welcome to another edition of the quiz show tanner of course holds holds a 2-1 lead he can clinch tonight or aj can tie it what will happen let's find out we so shall see. we are first of course we have to determine who goes first. AJ should we'll go see. first. You won last week. Nah. No, let's get that question. Never get this question right, which is we why want, I yeah. said that. We want the question. All right. Yeah, he rightfully so makes it difficult enough. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Alright, so we have a one hundred percent record at this venue. Oh. Ooh. Whoever shows me first. Uh, my pen stopped running out, but Orlando City. Ah, Tanner got it in. Yep. <laughs> Were you should thinking about Orlando it, AJ? First. Uh, no, no, that's fine. Yeah, I, sh I should have thought Orlando City first. I was like, man, 
I, thought I do off the bat. I bantered them way too much to not <laughs> yeah. know that question. <laughs> that is an amazing trivia question, though. We have never dropped points in Orlando City. It's great. Uh, yeah. Um, all right. So, first, of course, we are in the first round. It's three questions. Both competitors can answer. One point for each question. Um, yeah, three points maximum. Okay. So, first question. This player committed to the University of Maryland. Yeah. He committed? He committed to University of Maryland. But didn't play there, necessarily. Yo, like... <laughs> you, this is, uh... This is some real, like... You know... Insider... Almost. Yeah, I know. This is insider baseball. I like it, though. It's good. It's challenging. <laughs> we sure. always suck at this first round. <laughs> No, yeah. you guys did good last week. You got two out of three, both. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, last week we did better. All right, let's just... Uh, show me something. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. I'm, I'm wrong. Gonna say, I'm just going to say Miles Robinson. Miles Robinson. Okay. I'm wrong, but Lawrence Wyke. Lawrence uh, Wyke. So before, sign, before signing a homegrown contract, George Campbell actually committed to the University of Maryland. Oh, Interesting. Uh, yeah. How about that? How you know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a good uh additive. Yeah, committed, not played. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh next question. George Bello scored his only Atlanta United goal versus whom? Oh, we both got this, bud. Mm-hmm. We both know it. Throw that up there. Do you want to type it out? Because we both know the answer. No, we both have to write it. New England Revolution. New England, New England Revolution. Both of you are on the board. Correct. Uh, he scored it from the left side of the box. It was bouncing. It wasn't the prettiest, but it was a nice goal. Yeah, he well, ran on to it. 3-1? Yeah, 3-1. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ran onto it nicely. Yeah. Um, all right. Final question of the round. In the penalty shootout versus Crew in 2017, oh, he was the only five-stripe to score his penalty. I think so. All right, both of you got an answer down? Yeah, yes. see him. Russell. AJ takes the lead. Was it, it Tito? Was, it was Tito. Ishalba. All right, so AJ has a 2-1 lead going into the second round. That penalty shootout was so dog shit. It was. <laughs> it literally reminded me of the shootout I was... I, I, first Man United game I ever went to was a penalty shootout lost in the second leg semifinal of the League Cup in 2014 against Sunderland. Oh. And I was in the front row of the Stratford end, and Chicharito scored in like the 120th minute to send it to pins. The pins were on the opposite side on the east in, by the east stand. So all I could see, because I was so low behind the goal, was just United's free, uh, penalties consistently just going over the bar. And we lost 3-1, and it was just like, for fuck's sake. Like, all I could see was just the ball just going over the bar to the when stand. When you don't even make same more thing. than one penalty, that's so... Oh, yeah. It's just... Oh, especially when you just missed them, and just don't put them on target. And yeah. it's just... Oh, I think Zach Steffen made a couple saves. Zach Steffen did. Zach Steffen was yeah. incredible that game, and it was just like, what the hell? Right. Well, we also didn't have our best penalty takers in the match. Right. Either. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was off. That's right. Yeah. We subbed off, uh, I think... Yamil as well. It was yeah. Joseph, Joseph wasn't on. Yeah, Joseph wasn't on. It was Miggy was night. on. Miggy missed, didn't he? Uh, I don't think Miggy. I don't think Miggy took one. No, yeah. which is weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was hella weird. All right. Anyway. All right. On to the second round. So each competitor will get three questions of their own. If they can answer it without multiple choice, they get two points. If they need multiple choice, it's only one point. If they get it wrong, their opponent has a chance to steal. So we start off with the player in the lead, correct? Yes. All right. So, AJ, this player's first Atlanta United goal came in a 1-1 draw at Portland. Julian Gressel. Final answer? Yes. Yes. Two points to AJ. Yes. Good shout. Scored at the beginning of the second half, briefly gave us the lead before Portland tied it. Yeah, left foot, uh, I think, from the edge of the box. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I missed that game, which is why I don't remember it. Mm. Yeah. I forget what I was doing. I remember I missed watching that game. All right. So, Tanner, in the 7 0 thrashing of New England, 
this player scored his only goal of that season. Kevin Kratz. Final answer? Final answer. Boom! Tanner responds with two points of his own. Yes, that was Kevin Kratz. Mm -hmm. Only goal of that season was a free kick. All right, back over to AJ now. 4-3 is the score. Joseph's last hat trick came against this team. I think I know this. DC United. Yeah, that's what I would have gone with. That's the final answer? Yes. yes. All right, AJ coming out strong. Yes, it was indeed DC United in 2018. All right, back over to Tanner. This player led at United in goals in the 2019 U.S. Open Cup run. Brandon Vasquez, final answer. Tanner is correct. Now we're at 6-5. It's a high-scoring one. Mm, I don't know. I don't think these questions are challenging enough for you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Final question for AJ. Our last win of 2017 season came versus whom? Oh, that's a good freaking question. Damn you, Mark. <laughs> Yo, that's a good question. Oh, man. Multiple choice. Multiple yeah. choice. All right. A, Philadelphia Union. B, New England Revolution. C, Montreal Impact. D, LA Galaxy. Uh, what was C and D again? C was Montreal Impact. D was LA Galaxy. C, Montreal Impact. That was my guess. Tanner has a chance to steal and tie. Uh, what was A and B? A was Philadelphia Union. B was New England Revolution. I'm going to say B, New England Revolution. Tanner misses the chance to tie with the Philadelphia Union 3-0 win. And then after that, I think we were like four winless to end that. Was it? Right. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. I, I just couldn't remember, remember who, who it was. was. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, that was a well, I, thought, I thought when he said Montreal, I was like, Montreal sounds familiar, but... Right. Eh. All right, Tanner. Okay. In our 5-0 thrashing of LAFC... This player was sent off before VAR reversed decision. Jeff Lorenowitz. Final answer. Yeah. AJ with the chance to steal. Cannot no, I know who it was now. <laughs> Shit. It wasn't Lorenowitz. I know who it was now. <laughs> you have to shush. <laughs> I know who it is, uh, though, yeah. But no multiple choice for AJ. Right. I think I know. Damn it. Can I say who it is after AJ answers? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. If he doesn't get it right, uh, I think he will though. I gotta make sure. But it's just there's no making sure. <laughs> right, right. Answer the question. Damn it! All right, LGP. It's not him. It's Chris McCann. <laughs> the titters right belatedly, and yeah. so as soon as I said it, I was like, "Shit!" It was Chris McCann. I remember yeah. everything because it's like he doesn't get sent off. He doesn't. He's not a bad player like yeah. that. And it, it was, was like so the first minute. And Lorena was just going mental, which is why I was thinking it was him because he was just like, "How is that a red?" And I was, I was thinking of Larry, but nah, it was McCann. Yep. Shit. Yep. Yep. Mm, good one by me. <laughs> yeah, very good one. That was a I great like question. I like, I like that question. All right, so it's 6-5 going into the final round. And so each in the final round, each competitor will get three questions from a random selection of categories. Question number one is weighted with two points. Question number two is worth three points. Question three is worth five points. There is no stealing for this round. And so uh, you guys will randomly choose between one and four. Uh, AJ, you go first. Yeah. I'll, I'll choose, choose four. four. I'll choose three. I swear to God, if I get who moved to Russia before they moved to America <laughs> from a random country, I'm going to be so fucking pissed. All right, Tanner. 
you chose the Americans. <sighs> I did shitty with this before. <laughs> okay, so first question. I don't. I think you had Latin America before. Well, no. Oh, anyway, I said, whatever. Whatever. Uh, first question. This player's first MLS goal was a late game winner in the Rocky Mountain Cup. Who played for Colorado on our team? Or is it Col Rocky Mountain Cups, Colorado and Rail Salt Lake, right? He cannot answer that. Oh, for <laughs> Yeah. You yeah. can't um, contest clues. Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon, is that a final answer? Yeah. All right, Tanner jumps in the lead. It was indeed Brooks Lennon. Yes, the Rocky Mountain Cup. Is between Utah and Colorado. Good job. I was like, who's one of our players that have played in a club that's there and has probably not scored a lot? What I really wanted to know is, could you actually guess what the Rocky Mountain Cup was? And you did, so I'm proud. Yeah, well, I mean, I was, I was like, probably Utah and Colorado, and I was like, who on our team has played for that? And I was like, well, Brooks Lennon has. And I was like, I think, hasn't Lorenowitz played for Colorado as well? Yeah, yes. yep. but I was like, he scored at New England before that, so I was like, it can't be him. So I just no, you worked it out, man. It's good. Dark context clues, man. Yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, AJ, you got previous stops. Oh uh, damn it! I want to crush this category. This is my shit. I know this kind of stuff. Damn it, Mark, bastard. <laughs> you might still anyway. Okay. Darlington Nagby's team defeated these two future Atlanta United players to win MLS Cup. I have to name two? <laughs> oh, I uh, hope they get more time. more time. But, uh, okay, so, re repeat the question again, please. Sorry, I was talking. Yeah, yeah, no, no problem. Darlington Nagby's team defeated these two question. future Atlanta United players to win MLS Cup. I'm so mad at so, you. Okay, shh, quiet, quiet. Quiet. All right. Darlington Nagby's team. So you want me to answer the team, right? No, 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 no. Sorry. Darlington Nagby's team defeated these two future Atlanta United players to win MLS Cup. I want you to name two the two players. Jesus. I know the answer to this question. Jeez. Don't say it after he answers if he gets it wrong, but I think he can get it right because I believe in him because he'll figure it out. <sighs> but it's a... Okay. Oh, that's this is an annoying question, man. <laughs> the way I'm framing it. So just break yeah. it down. Darlington Nagby's team won MLS Cup. Who did they defeat? One of them. Now stop walking him through the freaking question. You wouldn't tell me who the Rocky Mountain Cup was. No, 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 no. He's not walking me through the question. Anyway, one of them is Michael Parkhurst. <laughs> and then I'm trying to think of the other person. You got uh, it. Justin Miram. Yes, that's the answer to the question. That is the answer to the question. Thank AJ you. is back on top. So I believe it is 8-7 now. Yeah. Okay. And I was just like, damn it. Oh, no, sorry. You, your sound cut off for a slight second. Oh, yeah, my headphones are almost set. It's fine. <laughs> All right. Back over to Tanner. This player spent his youth career with Cholos before signing with Atlanta United. His youth career? His youth career. Greg Garza. Final answer. Yeah. Incorrect. It was actually. Brandon Vasquez. Oh, yep. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, I think AJ would have killed this category. <laughs> yeah. Can we switch? <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right. So well, AJ's seconds. already won this round because this question is going to be the most obscure shit I've ever heard in my life. Uh, no, it's still tight, man. To, to, to force more questions, Tanner, this player made his pro debut in Portugal's second division. Um, pro debut in Portugal's second division. Uh, not him, not him, not him, not him. 
I don't even know anyone on our team that's played in Portugal. Again, Greg Garza, I know, speaks Portuguese, but I don't think he's played in Europe. So that's out. Joseph didn't play in Portugal. He also played in Europe. Miggy didn't play in Europe until now. Nah, he's he's solid now. Bro, <laughs> <laughs> if you have a fucking idea who this is, let me know. But if he answered <laughs> who's the players that have played at former clubs, I got this question. Ask me the five-pointer AJ ah, Lebron. Ah. <laughs> who's playing Portugal's second division after being asked who lived in Russia before they moved here to freaking Lagos Kuka, who never even played a first-team game for us? Okay. Yeah. To be fair, it's a it's a very tough question. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've I've got absolutely nothing in terms of players who have played for us. Like I'm trying to run through all people who have played first team minutes for us, like who could have possibly played in Europe before coming over here, and it's just like all the players I can think of that played in Europe. I don't think can think of them playing professionally in Portugal. Um. So uh, yeah, I I've, I've, got, I've got nothing. I've got nothing. I literally have no answer. I don't I know. No I've got answer? nothing. No answer. I don't. I don't have a player. I mean, I'll say Greg Garza again, but like only because he speaks Portuguese. Like that's the only reason I'd throw him out there. Other than that, not a damn clue. I, I swear to God. Accept that. Is it you Greg Garza? Accept that? You. I mean, he did say Greg. Are you? Are you really saying? I'm Greg? actually saying Greg Garza only because he speaks Portuguese. Like like a whole minute and a half later. <laughs> I said Greg Garza earlier, but I didn't think he actually played you, there. But like, at first, you said no, and then you came back and said, "Yeah." I, I mean, mm. Greg Garza is the only answer. I don't know. Only because he speaks Portuguese is the only reason why I throw him out there. But hey, AJ, how do you feel? Do you feel we should? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, and I'm I'm not just saying this because it's the last question and, and whatnot, and I might be able to win because of it, but. Uh, it's because, yeah, it's like a whole minute and a half later, I think. I'll give you a minute! I mean, I had to work for the yeah. match! You got like 45 seconds to figure out Justin Miram and freaking Michael Parkhurst. Two players! Straight forward. That's, that's, that's two players. players. <laughs> that's two players that played in MLS that played for us! No, no, but no, the, the difference is... Who made an appearance in the Portuguese second division? Do you even know you what the Portuguese name... second division is called? You had, you had to, to name, name one player. player. I had to name two players. players. Who played in Portugal's second division? It doesn't matter. It's one player. You have to think of one player versus. I, I did say his name, players. and before you said it, you had to, I was like, fine, Greg Garza, and I threw it out there. If you don't want to give it to me, fine, but I'm just saying, yes, I will give you all that time if you needed to figure out the rest of your questions, and I'll never complain, but like, I had to throw a shot in the dark because I have no idea the answer to that question until I just threw out Greg Garza. Yeah, no, I, I'm proud of you for getting it right, but I'm not, I'm not, just, I'm, I would I'm, 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 I'm vexed about that person. I mean, I get your point, but like, I got there in the end and I don't mind giving you time. I will not say anything if you need time, but like, I did get the answer right, even though it took time. So yeah, I yeah, would also did, but, that. Yeah, I think maybe more stringently next time, yeah, Mark, uh, really, you know, count that time if you have a timer. Uh, yeah. And you did, you did. And I'm really, like, amazed that you got it, to be honest. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> yeah, the, the whole, and, I mean, like, the thing about Greg Carson speaking Portuguese, like, that's a really, like, trivial clue, so. Yeah, know, I only know that because I've seen him and his wife speak it when they're on the team, so I'm like, oh, he speaks Portuguese, and it's just, like, right. interesting. That's the only reason I would have even wife guessed is Brazilian, it. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's actually yeah a brilliant guess. Where did he really end up in Portugal? I don't know because I think he was in Mexico for a while, but yeah, he's a nomad. He's just uh, yeah, he's been kind of just kind of uh, moved around to other teams because he couldn't stick it around uh, for whatever reason. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's also this. It's like okay, if it, we have two players to name, just give us like slightly more time, um, that type of thing. But you know. I, I feel bad. I really do. But it's just one of those things where I think a minute and a half is a little bit on the egregious side. You know, like 40 seconds. I mean, if you just forced okay. me to name a player, I did say Greg Garza about 15 seconds into that. So if you want to roll the tape, I said him early on. So it's like if you well, maybe you, pick a did. player. I did say I have no guests, but like I like I, I did say Greg Garza. I was like, F it. But like. Okay, I, I don't care. One way or the yeah, other, yeah. I got the answer right, and I know it. So if I lose <laughs> getting the answer right, so be it. But I get I get AJ's point as well. It took forever. But if you would have forced me to name a player early on, Greg Garz would have been the player I named because he was the first player that came to mind. So I don't all right, care. All right. Mark, uh, I mean, you know, you're the quiz master. You make the, the, 
the delineation. I mean, AJ beats me if he gets the next question anyway, right? No. Well, yeah, yeah, I had the chance to, but that's, you know. Not the next one, I think, because you were down by a point. Well, then give it to AJ just because I don't want him losing the, the, the whole thing to this because I know I'd be salty in his position as well. So on the risk of AJ not getting the next two questions right, knowing how your three your three point and five point questions go, I, I'd be annoyed in his case as well. But I will say that I got the answer right to this and I will die on that ship. So <laughs> do we, do we want to ask the questions? If we uh, if we end it now, I do get to save some questions. So I mean, you know, yeah. just something to consider. You can end <laughs> yeah. it. I don't care. I mean, I know I got the question right, and if you would have forced me, I would have said that anyway. But I'm fine with it. With I feel like this. I feel like this is a good ending point. Okay. Fine. Okay. All right. Okay. okay. Well, well, yeah, yeah a little, little bit contentious, contentious but uh, I think at the, at the end of the day, day we'll we will find out who will be, will be the winner. winner. Uh, next, next week. week. If I lose it? next week, by the way, I'm going to contentious and be a salty bastard. I just want everyone <laughs> to know that. Like, I'm a bad loser, and if I lose because of this, I will be a salty bastard about it myself. So, yeah, just yeah, putting I mean, that out there. Yeah, no, it, it, fair, fair enough. And, you know, also, I think uh, it goes both ways with, uh, I think, I felt pretty salty, salty yeah. in that first I round. Have, where, I would have been salty about that. Too. Yeah, the, the questions were definitely still as, uh, you know, as difficult, I think. But I think they, they became a little easier in the last two episodes. But that, that first round, that first edition was like, oh my god. I think it was uh, one in particular, yeah. Yeah, definitely were some ridiculously hard questions. But anyway, so... That does it for the Soccer Trivia Showdown. Thank you for sticking around if you have through the uh, kind of, uh, you know, we're still trying to figure out the game as well. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, that does it for the entire show, almost, except for the question of the day. And the question of the day is that, what do you think of the MLS's back tournament? Yeah, obviously there's a lot to it and whatnot, but uh, do you have a favorite part to it? Is there a part that really bugs you? Let us know in the comments below. And that's it for us today. Remember to subscribe to us if you haven't already. Share this episode and leave us a review and rating so we can pop up higher in your rankings. For Tanner and Mark, I'm AJ. Thanks so much for listening.